Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 245 and it is Tuesday, July 13th, 2021. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. You see this? Yes. You see this? You see it. I'm touching him. Right. That's like, We're here. Give me a high five. Yes. That's a real high five. Yes. That was a real high five. That ju- Did that blow your mind? That just happened. That's right, people. Your eyes do not deceive you. Yes, after 45, actually no, after 49 episodes in a row of doing this podcast remotely since March 17th, 2020, uh, with episode 196, we are back live in studio, aka my apartment. <laughs> he said, wait, what? In the same room? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same room. Yeah, we're in the same room, you know, in the Codex Prime Studios for the first time since March 17th, 2020. We are back. We are we are live after 49 episodes straight of doing this remotely. We have returned. We're both fully vaccinated. You know, uh, it's... um. Things are things are lightning, lightning, especially in the state of Rhode Island. So uh, as far, as far as COVID goes, so we're currently at a hovering about like a sixty percent vaccination rate, which is which is great so far. So things have lightened up enough that you know I made the decision to uh, bring us back into the studio, so that way you can get that crisp, you know, crisp sound quality from our microphones and our mixer here, as opposed to our laptop microphones. Uh, we'll still we'll still go on Zoom, you know, whenever we have out of state guests. Uh, but for now, yo, we're 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 back, man. We're back in the studio, man. Green, the green walls are here. You know the the iconic green walls. I feel like they've gotten greener. <laughs> well, I, I think it's uh it's, it's been a while since you've been here, so yeah. yeah so uh, things things may look a little, you know. <laughs> um. Kyle Chapman says, yes, we are in the same room. This is greatness. Oh, but he says, never mind. I see a cowboy's hoodie. Yeah, no. Hey, it was weather well, ain't all that part. And the uh, AC is like literally right on me. So I'm just, <laughs> I just haven't really took it off yet. Yeah, man. Yeah, but you know, we're we're back. We're doing it. And uh, we're so glad that you're, that you're, all of you are joining us here live on Facebook. Uh, you know, it's where we do our episodes every Tuesday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, we got some things to talk about. We'll be uh, reviewing Black Widow uh, later on. Um, yep. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Yep. Yep. It'll be a spoiler-filled review. We'll, we'll we'll briefly give our non-spoiler thoughts before we dive into the spoilers. Uh, we'll also get into some things we've been up to, some things we've been watching, uh, uh, playing, reading. You know how we do on this show. Um, as as Kyle as uh, Carl is sharing the episode. Um, uh, Carl, uh, what have uh, what have you been up to? How's life, man? Life is life. I mean, it ain't no different from when I was from when we was doing this remotely last week. But I'm a little, I'm almost done. Almost yeah. done. I mean, I've been hanging in there though, just mm-hmm. keeping busy. Um, no, I'm spoilers. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> um, uh, I'm back on my comic grind. Like I was, I mean, I was doing, you know, I was doing my thing here and there and stuff, but like now it's 
like I feel you know I'm back in full force. Like I have much more. You know I have a lot of. Uh, yeah, a, so a good amount of titles to talk about. Actually, all these are comics. So mm. I'm gonna get to it. Like I'm just gonna say, it, like the series that I've been collecting, yeah, are finishing up. Okay. Like as of right now. Okay, so might as well just pull them all up. I okay. So right now I have here the prelude to Amazing Spider-Man. This is Amazing Spider-Man number 70, 870 if you call it uh, Legacy. But this is the uh, prelude to the Sinister War mm. that Nick Spencer is writing up. And this is actually going to be his last story arc for his Amazing Spider-Man run that he's worked on for the past three years. Okay. Wow. All right. I have every issue that he's worked Every issue. From number one, that I forget the girl's name, but she recommended it to me at Newberry Comics. So I'm like, all right, I'll pick it up, mm-hmm. and I've been reading it ever since. It's been collect. It's been. It's it came out every two weeks, and then this is it. Mm-hmm. So he's had his stories like Hunted, where you know Craven the Hunter kidnapped every single animal themed criminal out there, okay. and he was hunting them. Oh, okay. Him and his son, oh, who's okay. even like a worse version of Craven. <laughs> nice. Um, that was a good one. The last main series, The Sins Rising, you know, everything that's gone on with uh, Kindred. And I'm not going to spoil it just in case if anybody want to read it. Who Kindred actually, the, the demon Kindred actually turned out to be. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, yeah, it was a bit of a motherfucker. The King's Ransom. Mm-hmm. I mean, ah, this, this has been a fun run. That Nick Spencer did so. Nice. So yeah, Sinister War. That's gonna be where Doctor Octopus, the Sinister Six, is going up against Vulture's Savage Six. Mm. Excuse me, Savage Six, mm-hmm. with New York City in the crossfire, and of course Spider-Man has to try to intervene and mm. try to keep New York City in one piece. Okay. All right. Sounds exciting. But I think there's actually gonna be six different Sinister Sixes in that. <laughs> In that full soul match, mm. all of them going to war. Man, wow, that's gonna be a it's gonna be an epic war for sure. Yeah, so I mean, I'm definitely. I mean, I, I I I've been invested for the past three years. Got to finish it out. Got to finish it strong. Mm-hmm. Yo, Vic, that shirt is dope as fuck. Oh yeah, Chris Revel, uh, live live. Let's chat live with Chris Revel. Shout outs to you, my friend. Yes, thank you, Wonder Woman. Uh, How dare you? Got this from. I don't have any Black Widow shirts, and I got to rep a female, you know, heroine somewhere. Just I mean, I'm gonna go out to buy a, a go out of my way to buy a, a, a Marvel T-shirt. Why not? You can get my Target for like dirt cheap. I'm I'm sure, but I ain't got the time, man. Yeah, you do. I I, I got work, and then I there's a Target on your on your commute. <laughs> I know, but I gotta stop. I gotta stop there before I head home. I want to head straight home after work, though. I gotta kick. Can up I understand, the, but I mean, yeah, up. grab some shit. Yeah, and then you're gonna need something, and then you're all home and comfortable, and be like, "Damn, I need this." Fuck, I don't want to get up. Yeah, has that happened before? Yeah, yeah, and you hated it, didn't you? Not really. I just wait till the weekend because I got plenty of time then. Yeah, but then what if you need it right then and there? No, I'm good. You're gonna need it right then. And there. Just get it over with. <laughs> 
John Aponic, you disrespectful motherfucker. That's right. DCEU forever. You That's disrespectful right. motherfucker. Um, except for Suicide Squad. Uh, well, David Ayer's Suicide Squad. We know that. We, we can agree, John, that that movie was trash. But James Gunn is going is to get it right next month. He's going to get it right. We shall see. I think so. We shall see. Yeah. Remember. Remember who's running the show. Warner Brothers. Yeah, I said it. Yep. Look, man. Look, man. Listen, I, I think I think y'all I think you need to give the DCEU a little more respect. Um I mean gr- granted, I mean uh Joss Whedon's Justice League was trash. Zack Snyder corrected it. Um Yeah, but we had to sit through eight fucking hours of it. Well, four, but still. Right. But 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 we, we there's more good than bad in the DCEU. Listen, we got uh Shazam, we got Aquaman. We got Wonder Woman, both of them. Wonder Woman eighty four, no. uh, Birds of Pre- Wonder Woman eighty four is good. <laughs> it's not it, that great. It is good. It is not. It, it was not that great. It is very it good. It was there. It was very good. It was there. Stop hating. I'm not hating. You it know what? was there. You know what it is? You're a misogynist. Anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> you put that evil on me. It was just there, and she raped a man. L- listen, did listen. she? Um, okay. Did she? I'm going to say this. Did she? That plot point with the body swapping was ill-advised. Okay. It was ill. Was it of his consent? He didn't. Okay. Yeah, it was. All right, then. But look, I mean, look, listen, like I said, it, it, it was, you know, it was thought of in error. It, it was it was a creative error. Keyword. Error. Right. Rape is an error. She committed rape. She committed an error. Um, look, look, don't, don't twist my words around, s- sir. Listen, listen, look. Um, what you got to understand with Wonder Woman 84, Stirring. right, is uh, when Patty Jenkins uh, cr- came up with, the, with that, with that uh, story beat, right, her thinking was she was trying to evoke, you know, some of the some of the you know popular um, body swap comedies of the eighties, because you know Wonder Woman eighty four, and you know there were some cool um, body swapping comedies at the time. Yeah, Freaky Friday. Yeah, like Freaky Friday and, and 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 others. So that's what that's what she was trying to evoke. But when you but when but then when fans you know saw, hey, wait a minute, in twenty twenty this kind of hits different. It's like, oh, I get it. But but during the process, because she's channeling the eighties. She wasn't thinking about that. Nobody was thinking about that. So, like I said, that's why I said it was a it was a creative error. Okay, error. Yeah. All right. Unlawful error. But I but we will not we will not call Diana, Princess of Themyscira, a rapist. Okay. What we have here to see, <laughs> Princess Diana, sir. She knew what she was doing. Zah, zah, sir, zah. sir, listen, listen. What, you're not gonna. You are not gonna compare Wonder Woman to a real life monster in He Who Shall Not Be Named. She did it though. Okay. Look. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. She pulled the Cardi B. Well, d- drugs weren't. In, well, I mean. I mean the the Wonder Stone. I think that's what it's called. I mean, <sighs> L- listen, man. I th- I, th- I think did I- Steve Trevor was it used willingly? Was the Wonder Stone you will used willingly on Steve Trevor? I mean, look, see what you got to understand about Wonder Woman eighty four is that that on, whole that whole on, stone, excuses. right? Excuses. It, it 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 grants your wishes, but 
it your wishes don't turn out the way you think they will. It may it may it may look good in the short term, but it it will cost you. And that was one of the main uh, uh, dilemmas that Wonder Woman had to face in that film. Yes, that she's a rapist. Uh, look, man. I, look, I, I, I understand. You no, know I'm right. I understand. You're trying. I You're un- trying. I understand. It looks. It looks bad. It looks horrible. It is bad. It is horrible. Right. right. There's only one good thing about that movie. Two things. Two good things. What's that? Kristen Wiig, because she looked really good. Mm-hmm. She did her. She did a good job. I will give her that. Mm-hmm. And Linda Carter. Yeah. See Pedro Pascal, but that boy good anyway. So. Oh, absolutely. But other than that, I'm just like, yeah, it was there. All right. It's it's. Not, it's yeah. Listen, listen. Wonder, the first one. You already know my beef with the first one. The first one was damn good. Until the end. No, the end was good too. Listen, let's not front, okay? The end was. You don't. You, you know what it is? You just don't like David Thewlis. You think, oh, David Thewlis, he looks like Nigel Thornberry. Listen. He, listen, he was the god of war. He was Ares, one of Wonder Woman's greatest adversaries. You, you show him some respect. You put some respect on his name, okay? Put some respect on David Thewlis's Ares. Really? Yep. You, 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 you're going to play a, a, a Nigel Thornberry clip on, on this year' podcast? Yeah, I don't know. Look, 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 man. Uh, yeah, it, it's... Let's, listen, um, okay, okay, John Haponic, he's backing me up. He's backing me He says that the uh, that other guy, referring to Wonder Woman 84, that other guy would be lucky to have Wonder Woman, says my wife. That's what John Haponic says. Well, here's the thing. He doesn't know he had her. <laughs> But, but okay, but here's the thing. What you he didn't know it. Okay, true. He didn't even know it. True. And what was that song about? What? Uh, what what song? Rick Ross. She didn't even know it. Oh oh damn. Listen, it, listen. What you ha- what you have to understand about Wonder Woman eighty four about 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 Wonder Woman, uh, her di- her dilemma in the film. You gotta say she, like she she was hurt and Steve Trevor was the love of her life, right? Mm-hmm. And when she when she saw. That Steve Trevor, you know, came back to, or his spirit came back to life in the, in the form of another man. You know, she was so overtaken about seeing Steve Trevor alive in the flesh again that she wasn't really thinking about the consequences of her actions. You gotta understand. Like, look, listen. He who shall be nameless was thinking the same thing. He wasn't thinking about it then either. Okay, listen. And what happened? I know who you're referring to. Listen, he, th- th- you're, you're talking about a man who murdered his wife and son. We're talking about. We're, we're, we're talking about a a a a a a, a, a character. We're talking about a a a woman, right? Who has lost the love of her, love of her life mm-hmm. from from the from the World War II, from World War Two from like the late nineteen teens to the nineteen eighty four. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's like about 50, 50, 60 years of loss you- of, of not having the love of her life. Okay, and she never really processed that. And then when she sees her love in corporeal form once again returning to her. I mean, she was overtaken with with emotion. There were stars in her eyes. What, what, what? Yeah, kinky ones. Not to mention, do you know how Wonder Woman start? How Wonder Woman was created? Yes, I I, I understand how she was created. By what? I mean, it, it was like you know, Come on. BDSM. Kinda, All right. You know. By a man who had how many wives? Uh, well, I mean, he had a wife and a mistress. No, he had two wives. Yeah. He had two of them. Yeah. You see the gray hairs I got from one. <laughs> L- look, man. anyway, 
And he was obsessed with sex. You can even I can show you pictures of them early Wonder Woman illustrations that yeah. were in the comics of her being tied up and she's looking at the camera winking. She uh -huh. knew what she was doing in the 60s. She knew what she was doing in 1984. Listen, what you got to understand was you, you, you're conflating a couple things, all right? You know, Wonder Woman, yes, she had the whole bondage thing, you know, with the, you know, the lasso and everything when she first started. But at the time, it was very, it was, it was transgressive and it was progressive for its time, especially when she debuted in the 40s, all right? I mean, William, Mol William Moulton Marston was, was pushing against, was pushing against, you know, the, the uptight, prudish, sexual mores of the 40s through Wonder Woman, okay? Yeah, it carried on into 1984. Look, man. In the, in the way of a, Wonderstone, what was it Wishstone? Wonderstone? I think it was like a Wishstone or something like that. You can't even remember it. I think look, I, I want people to understand this. Okay, um, listen, Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman 1984 is not okay. I, I can't I can't say that with any confidence. I was gonna say she's not a rapist. Listen, te technically <laughs> she was. Technically she was. She was okay. <laughs> if you look at it, that just it, proves my point. If if, if you look at it. You know, in, in in the way that Carl's looking at, and 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 so do many other fans. But if you look at the, if you look, if you take into consideration the 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 spirit behind the intent behind including that that body swapping plot point, Patty Jenkins was simply trying to channel body swapping comedies of the '80s, like Freaky Freaky Friday and others. That's all she was trying to do. She wasn't. Tr she didn't really think through. The, the 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 moral the modern day moral implications of such a plot point it's too late now it's there but look look but bottom line is okay i i will even say that you know wonder woman wonder woman from 2017 is a better film i enjoy that more i will say that wonder woman 84 is not that bad i will say if you look at 84 with the lens of okay this is channeling the 80s and yes this this plot this body swapping plot point involving Steve Trevor is a bit problematic if if yes but if you look at it in the spirit of of how it was intended then you know you can the spirit you, you, of Steve Trevor can all of a sudden fight uh, fly a fighter jet listen Steve Trevor is a natural born pilot okay, okay but Technology has advanced, and he's been dead to not see it advance. Listen, if it's in you, it's in you. Steve Trevor can. That, Steve that's what Wonder Woman said. <laughs> you set it up. You set that up. You you set it up. You got some other comics to talk about. <laughs> Listen, man. Oh man, I would. Damn, it feels good to be back. Yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> Anyways. Well, another. This is so good. <laughs> another comic run is has actually came to an end as well, and I've been collecting this one. I've been collecting this one for the past three years, mm -hmm. and it is Tanahisi Coates' Captain America run is finally officially over. He's also finished the. Uh, Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda as well. Oh, okay. And just like... What's up, Eric? Just, you already know. Just like... I mean... Well, I don't, this one has an ending... For, okay, it has an ending with the final battle against the Red Skull 
and um, which uh, to me it actually felt more like a um, like one of those psychological battles, like the yeah. ending of Je- like how and uh, Jessica Jones the sh- TV show how she defeated um, Kilgrave. Yeah, like it was more of a psychological battle than an actual physical battle. Yeah, um, and then also the power elite. Mm-hmm. But with Tony Hesey Coates, he was no, you know, he's known for his social and political writings and stuff. Mm-hmm. It feels like that this series reflected a lot upon that. Where it's like, um, I mean, I will get to it, but I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. I want to spoil it, but it, it. Well, yeah, it's not. It's not much of a spoiler, but yeah, he kind of like exposes Red Skull because they actually like meet up for dinner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the midst of the conversation, he actually winds up exposing Red Skull. And then he actually indicates, I was like, I mean, we, everybody, so you have been exposed, so everybody knows that you're wrong. But yeah, there are some people who do agree with your methods Mm -hmm. and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much a reflection of what's been going on lately, you know, in this world. So I'm like, so yeah, Tony, he see like nailed, he, he nailed it with this one. So I'm actually, uh. I'm sad to see that he's leaving. He's leaving Marvel, and actually, uh, I think his plans. He's actually going to be doing a screenplay for a Superman movie. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. No, oh, Jesus, should be interesting. I, it's Warner Brothers, man. You know how they get with the superhero stuff, man. I, I, DC I, is just a spoke in the wheel, and they don't really invest like that. I mean, I mean, listen, DC. Like I said, they they have more more hits than misses in their catalog. They do. I mean, like I said, like the aforementioned, like you know, both Wonder Woman films, uh, Shazam, Aquaman, uh, Birds of Prey, which Birds of Prey, which was Birds of Prey was damn good. Listen, all you people out there who slept on Birds of Prey, oh, I snored. Yeah, you yeah you snored. Listen, listen. Birds of Prey was a fun time. It was a movie that the original Suicide Squad wished it was. Yeah, but it wasn't even that much of a difference. No, listen. Birds of Prey. It was a fun movie. It had a great cast. Um, shout outs to Anisha Gibbs. She was one of the stunt women in there. Yes, yeah, she was. <laughs> you know, it, it it was a solid film. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I have the Steel Book. Okay. Um, like Intergalactic World. Yes, I enjoyed Intergalactic. Now that. And I don't mean to cut you off. And stuff. I just saw uh-huh. I saw John's comment. I just had now that mm-hmm. was a war story at the end. Intergalactic war. The intergalactic empire of Wakanda. Oh, okay. Yeah, that the way that one ended. Now that one ended with a bang, with some fireworks and all that. I bet it did. Like I was just like, damn, 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 damn. Mm. I should read that. Yeah, uh, most of them are in trade now. Okay. Cool. And he said that the series just wrapped? Yeah, it just wrapped like maybe a month or two ago. Okay, cool. Cool. I'll, I'll probably get on that. Yeah. Yeah, but... um. No, what was you saying? Uh? Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, Birds of Prey, it's a fun film. You yeah. know, if you... You know, it, I'd say it's better than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. That's for sure. No. Yeah, Guardi- Guardians Two. So. No, Guardians Two is one of... So. It's still one of MCU's worst movies. No, it's not. Next to Thor Two. Iron Man Three? I- Iron Man Three... Yeah, it's, it's it's about it's right there. Guardians two, it's right there. I won't put that. In. I'll give it. Guardians two, I will put on the level of. Buffalo Bills. I I would probably put it on the level of Batman Returns. No, no. 
I wouldn't put Guardians 2. That, a, a that Guardians before. 2 was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it, I thought it. I thought it tried way too hard. They thought they were giving you of more of what we thought we wanted. It just didn't. didn't it didn't click with me. Mm. It, did, it did with me. But mm. anyway, another one. First of all, you need to read this motherfucker. The nice house on the lake. This is the one I was telling you about. With this is the second issue, but mm-hmm. this is the one I was telling you about when um. The guy Walter, he collects a whole bunch of his friends, and then um, to a like weekend, to not even a week, like a vacation getaway mm-hmm. at his house on a lake. Yeah. And then everybody gets there, but yet you know, it, there's no reception over there. But you know, it's in the lake, it's in the night, you know, middle of wherever. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets there, and then all of a sudden the apocalypse happens. Nice. And then a whole bunch of twists and turns, and I, like I literally put that down. By the way, John Aponic, that's a DC comic, and I'm speaking very highly of it. Yeah, I'm surprised. Me too. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, what, that first issue, I'm like, what the fuck did I just read? Mm. And I'm like, yep, I'm invested. Okay. And issue number two, Gotti is even, it kept it going. Nice. And it's a horror? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's written by James Tinian, who also wrote, you know, this is volume three. Mm. Something is killing the children. Mm. Okay. From Boom Studios. Yeah. Now, that one, if you're a parent Mm. and have a weak stomach, that ain't for you. (laughs) I bet. Oh, so this, yeah, it says Victor Moyo all over it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, especially if you got people in your basement. <laughs> listen, listen, the, the, the family is well fed. The family is well fed. Let them in. See, you just take it too far. <laughs> you already creeped out at it, and then you just kind of... Yeah, it's fine, you know, just step over the bones. You'll be fine. Yeah, okay. Also, boom. It's a new day. Yes. yes. Oh, new day's comic. I found this to be a very fun read. Like, I was just watching. It's like, man, this is pretty cool. Like, the new day in the comic book. But I will say that there is a, there is a couple of shots where they're wrestling against the shield. Mm-hmm. They even mentioned it was before Woods joins the group. Yeah. It was even mentioned that they were in a three-on-two handicap match. Okay. You clearly see Roman. Mm-hmm. You clearly see Seth. Mm-hmm. You see a body and no face for Dean. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a that was a fun laugh that I got. I, I got a good laugh out of that one. Mm. But, it, I mean, I think it's supposed to be like a... Uh, Four to six story arc, so that's what mm-hmm. I'm gonna um, collect. Okay. Um, with the night with, with the Moon Knight uh, TV show that's gonna be coming out next year. Bam. Ooh. Facsimile series Werewolf by Night, first appearance of Moon Knight. Okay. And then last but not oh well, two more. So, and then also Spawn's Universe, which is actually a Kickstarter um, mm-hmm. project that Tom McFarlane came out with. And it was written by Tom McFarlane, but the art is by different various art, various uh, artists. 
released by Image, of course. And then this was actually about in the fight between heaven and hell. Spawn lands on an island of Omega Spawn. Hasn't been revealed yet. Okay. And then he runs into a new villain called the Disruptor, and he meets up with Gunslinger Spawn as well. So there's different types of spawns that are going, you know, that are in these stories. So and it also so, and the stories also feature besides Gunslinger Spawn, there's Medieval Spawn and She Spawn. She Spawn actually looks very cool. Okay. So, um, I'm not sure. I'll, they say it's a one shot. I'm still not. I'm still unsure if I'm gonna like follow it through. Yeah. And then also, you know, for my last one, there is a, I didn't have, I don't have it with me, but the United States of Captain America, which is written by Christopher Cantwell uh, and Josh Trujillo, mm-hmm. and the art by, and I'm going to butcher this name, Jan Bazaldua. Okay. So what it's about is Cap- Captain America's shield has been stolen, so Sam and Steve are traveling across the country to get it back. But instead, they find the captains, which are everyday people who are taking up the Captain America mantle to defend their uh, prospective communities that they live in. Right. But the thief wants them dead himself. Okay. And that's as far as they went. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Oh, so, so what do you think about the comic? It's actually not bad. You know, like the first one they revealed was, uh, I, I forgot his name, but... Like, okay, it's an LGBT version of Captain America. Oh, interesting. So, they're hitting all, you know, there's going to be some rep- representation of it. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm curious just to see how it goes. And mm-hmm. not to mention, Alex Ross did the cover, and Alex Ross is an amazing artist. So, mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, that's all I got on my on the comic book again, unless something, like, comes up and I'll just interrupt you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> all right. Cool, cool. Yeah, man. So, what have you been up to? Uh, a bit, a bit of, bit of stuff. I watched a bunch of movies uh, over the weekend. Um, let me see. I, I'll pull them up. I got some two interesting ones. Um, oh, he's look at him, look at him, fancy, fancy pulling them up on his <laughs> trusty iPhone twelve. Yep, iPhone twelve, man. Yeah, this, uh, this is you know I gotta say. This is a wonderful piece of machinery, man. Wow. I mean, it definitely is a step up from any Android phone. That's for sure. Um, oh, do you yeah. have your Siri on? Uh, no, I don't. Turn, turn it up real quick. I want you to. What? Uh, Go ahead. Hey, Siri. Ask her what's zero divided by zero. What is zero divided Imagine by zero? you have zero cookies, and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And your friends are sad because they don't exist. Oh, wow. This escalated quickly. Hmm. Sassy. Okay. <laughs> <She> a bitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, so how do I turn this off? Oh, just tap the screen. Tap the screen? Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> wow. Uh, you got a sassy uh, uh, AI. Well, not an AI, but a sassy program in here. Okay. And you can switch series voice to a man if you want to. Yep, I saw that. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Wow! Wow! You know, this is amazing. Amazing, some amazing tech we're here. What, what, what will people think of next, man? Have you tried the panoramic? Uh, I I did. I did try the panoramic view. Here's a nice. tip too. If you want to take, like, say, if you want to take a picture of a like in front of a nice tree, mm-hmm. turn on the panoramic and then turn it sideways, mm-hmm. and then you'll get the entire tree. Wow! See, 
Wow, man. So many tricks with this phone, dude. Wow, this is amazing, man. <laughs> this is really cool, man. Yo, my, my, my Samsung Galaxy S5 could not do any of that, man. It would just, it would just like, you know, point and click a cam simple camera. Uh, and you got portrait mode and stuff. Yeah. Oh, and then like, um, okay, for instance, you see a car driving by, but you want to get a good shot, but the car is going, uh, going too fast. Mm. When you're taking the picture, just hold it and it'll just do a burst. Uh, it'll be a burst picture. Yeah. So then you click, on, you click onto it, click onto the picture, mm -hmm. and you can go through all the shots and then find the one that you want the most. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's some ingenuity right here, man. Some, some real ingenuity. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I watched a, a couple of movies um, over the weekend, um, one of which uh, just made its debut on HBO Max. Uh, it's directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's called No Sudden Move. It's a crime drama. Uh, it takes place in Detroit in 1954. It stars uh, Don Cheadle, uh, Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour, John Hamm, uh, Amy Simetz, Brendan Fraser. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's in there. Uh, Kieran uh, Culkin, uh, Aunt Ray Liotta, and Bill Duke. That's a cast. Oh, yeah. That's a cast. Yeah, it's a it's a heavyweight cast of actors. And uh, No Sudden Move, um, it's a... It's a it's a very good uh, crime drama. Well shot too. Um, it, uh, it 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 made its debut on July first. Uh, it's on HBO Max, and it takes place in nineteen in, in nineteen fifty four in Detroit. And uh, Don Cheadle he plays this uh, this former or gangster uh, named uh, Kurt Goins, who's just released from prison, and uh, he he needs he needs some cash to leave town, and. Uh, and he's and he's actually recruited uh, by Brendan Fraser uh, to join uh, uh, Benicio del Toro's character uh, to um, to rob to rob this uh, this high this this bank executive uh, played by David Harbor and David Harbor apparently he has like these um, this mysterious some mysterious documents in his safe in his boss's safe and so when um, when they go go ahead to go ahead and you know blackmail him into getting getting this getting the uh, documents, which he does, uh, things quickly go south, and so suddenly um, they're they're trying to figure out a way to you know escape the elude the authorities, and they're trying to find a way to you know get get all the money that they can, and meanwhile uh, Don Cheadle's character is trying to keep his head above water because he's not trying to go back to prison. At the same time, he's just trying to hit that one one last big score before he can uh, skedaddle out of town. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's a, it's a film that it's a, it's a, it's a multi-layered film, you know, filled with like, you know, uh, you know, conflicting motivations and multiple characters with like duplicitous agendas. Um, it's a, it, it's a film that really, really, I find, I found it to be really captivating, um, uh, with, with all of the, uh, you know, little, uh, twist character twists, uh, that develop in between these, these individual, uh, actors, um, and, and as the film progresses, uh, you see, you know, just how deep um, the the whole plot goes, and how things unravel, and how they scramble to try to try to make it. Um, Kieran Culkin, uh, like I mentioned, he's also in the film. He plays uh, the third robber who joins um, uh, Don Cheadle and Benicio del Toro. He's more of the hot-headed, uh, loose cannon uh, of the group, and he's one. He's one big reason why the why the film. Uh, why the plot unravels um it was actually really uh, it was also really cool to see brendan fraser uh do something you know he like um he he really did uh channel um 
and, I, and, I'm, and, I'm tr- and I'm actually referencing a, a review from RogerWeber.com. Um, they, he really does channel um, Orson Welles uh, from uh, the third, not the third man, uh, touch, touch, touch of Evil. Like he has like the, you know, because Brendan Fraser, he's a, he's a much bigger guy now. He's got the trench coat. He's got the hat. He's kind of like the heavy. And, you know, he's like barking orders at Don Cheadle and um, uh, Benicio Del Toro. Um, yeah, man. And also Ray Liotta. Uh, Ray Liotta, you know, he, history of playing, you know, hot-headed mobsters, you know, no different here. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good film, um, especially if you're, if you're a fan of Steven Soderbergh's like, other crime-themed crime, crime themed films, especially like with, with uh, heist-related films like the Ocean's films, Ocean's Eleven, Logan Lucky, um, and, and, and others. Uh, it's, it's a solid film. I really enjoyed it. It's called No Sudden Move. Um, it's available on HBO Max. It's a uh, HBO Max original, so um, you can actually watch it. There's no there's no like time limit for it. You can watch it anytime. Definitely definitely a cool film. I really enjoyed it. Um, I also I also watched a, a really interesting film on Hulu, uh, which I also highly recommend. This actually this film came out last year, like in the overseas, but it made its debut here in the states it's called saint maud and it's on hulu i don't try i do not trust that smile on your face uh saint maud it's a british uh psychological horror film there we go and, and it's, it's a debut feature of rose glass this is her uh our directorial debut uh the film stars uh morphied clark and jennifer l and in this film um the main theme is you know hell hath no fury like a like a re, like a newly uh converted um catholic so um so a morphed clark she plays this hospice nurse named Maud and she's uh she's a private carer so she's uh the uh, a nurse that's hired to take care of um this former dancer who's dying of you know terminal cancer um played by Jennifer L and you know she's and you know Maud she's newly reform she's newly reformed you know she's uh newly converted to Roman Catholicism and she takes it really really seriously uh, to the point where she starts believing that um, that her job is is her is her a mission directly ordained or from God and she and she decides that she needs to convert um, uh, this this woman and save her soul um, you know, and and the things like these these two characters couldn't be any more opposite. Like uh, Jennifer L's character, um, let me see, she's uh, this woman named Amanda, who's like this former dancer. She's like she's basically a hedonist. You know, she's lived the life, you know, that rock star life. Um, you know, she's a non-believer, and uh, and Maud, you know, she takes it as a challenge. So, you know, um, as as the film goes on. You know, she starts, she starts, you know, going deeper and deeper into her, you know, faith. But it's kind of like delusional because there's a point where there are several points in the film where she feels that she describes her, she describes what it's like to feel God's touch or feel God speaking to her. So, so when she feels God's touch, she starts writhing in ecstasy. First of all, in pain, then she starts writhing in ecstasy, and then you can see her face contort, like she's having a like she's having like a full body orga- orgasm, or, or 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 she's in pain, kind of both. Like there's a scene where like she's like she's like feeling God's glow, and she's like writhing on these writhing on the stairs, and like the the camera pans back, and then it's like she's like. You know, almost kind of like about to like you know, kind of touch, about to touch herself basically, and it's like, oh, okay, well, talk about getting touched by an angel. Well, there you go. I mean, 
So the way he's just moving, I'm like, Is you about to get touched by angels? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, this is no, I'm just a you, you, you got you kind of got into it a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just trying to convey like what this character is feeling and how this character is oh, like you, 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 you know, conveyed it. You know, you know um, how she goes about things, and but but as the film goes on, like you know, she spirals further and further into her own you know personal madness and. Man, it's just a fascinating uh, character study. Um, it's also a, it's also fascinating to see like just how, just how much this, this uh, this woman Maud, um, she ta- she basically takes you know this she basically takes her newfound faith as like a huge void filler because like she's extremely lonely. She has no friends. She lives in a dumpy one room apartment, which has, which is occupied by this giant cockroach that sits on top of the ceiling. And, um, you know, like, like she's like basically for her, like her newfound faith is doing a lot of heavy lifting that I think therapy should be, should be doing. And also like going out with some friends, but you know, you know, when she's all in, she's all in. And uh, I won't, I won't, I won't have any spoilers. But the ending, wow, uh, the ending will freak you out. Um, it freaked me out, but I was like, man, this is a great time right here. I think this is a film that you know, um, I think uh, church groups should watch. You know, don't do, don't the, do that. you know, you know, you should you should play Saint Maud at your next prayer meeting and talk about it. Talk about you know how you know sometimes you shouldn't take faith that damn seriously. You know, so you know. Nah. I, I mean, I'm sure your mom would appreciate it, but uh. Don't, don't <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, Saint. It's called Saint Maud. Um, psychological thriller. It's on Hulu. Um, you know, it's a great Friday night film. You know, if you if you're coming home from work and you want to relax with some wine and uh and a film that's gonna really make you think or make you stay up at night, watch Saint Maud. Ah, Chef's Kiss film. I enjoyed it. Um, I might watch. I might watch it again. Orgasmic feels, not to mention a woman dying of cancer. There it is. I mean, look, uh, look. It, it it just it just so happened to have those elements, but you know, I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, you know, it's. Oh, you read the reviews. You knew what you was watching. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't read the. Re- I I mean, I I read the review, reviews after the fact, but when I when I heard about the premise, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna definitely check this out. Of course you did. <laughs> you saw a woman dying of cancer. Damn, I'm in. No, no. I mean, there's only there's only like a hand, what, maybe three, four movies that, that have that description of somebody dying of a terminal illness. Oh, I could call Aris right now and then we'll get <laughs> into it. But, Don't you start. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. And um, also two quick recommendations, uh, both on Disney+. Plus. Uh, one is Raya and the Last Dragon. Which I which I really enjoyed, um, especially if you're a fan of like you know Avatar: The Last Airbender. There's some similar elements there, you know. As a you know as a, as a Cambodian South Cambodian Southeast Asian dude, you know I really appreciated the amount of artistic detail that they put in the world um, of that film. It was really it was really cool. I enjoyed it. Um, also, uh, Luca, the new film from Pixar, which is available on Disney Plus. Uh, also a really good film. It's about sea, two boys who are sea monsters, you know, who are hiding out as humans in an Italian coastal town. Uh, really cool film. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, kind of hit me in the feels feels a little. I, I didn't cry though, but it hit me in the feels as Pixar knows how to do. Did you? I I, I did not cry. I did, the the last Pixar film I really cried was Coco. That film got me. Yeah, you know, the 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 scene where 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 he's singing, 
the, the, where he's singing the the the, the song with the his remember grand, me song remember me with his grandmother who remembers the song yeah. and because she was she's actually lucid in that moment and she starts singing that got me you know everybody in the everybody in the theater cried man I heard a lot of sniffling around the theater man it wasn't just me it was it was a damn powerful moment I mean I was like oh this is nice you know what because you're an insensitive bastard dealing with depression okay what do you think <laughs> <laughs> what the hell man. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are, so yeah, those are two, uh, rec- two quick recommendations on Disney plus, um, also, uh, video game front still playing the switch, um, still playing, um, uh, breath of the wild. I clocked in 50 hours so far. Um, it's a grinding. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an epic game man. it's a huge game. I think it's a, maybe it's perhaps it's a little too big, but maybe I'm just saying that cause I have like other, uh, time commitments and whatnot, but like so far, I've beaten, I've defeated two of the four uh, um, divine weapons, um, and I also got the master sword. So, and I'm also trying to complete as many shrines as possible, and then I'll con- then I'll finish the main story. Uh, but yeah, Breath of the Wild, it's definitely soaked up a lot of time. Um, I-, I will beat the game at some point, um, but I'm also, but I've also switched over to um, Super Mario Odyssey. Really cool game. I like the fact that it's just nice, simple, pick up and play. I'll definitely get get through that game well before Breath of the Wild. I would love to see you play Animal Crossing. I'm I'm curious about Animal Crossing. All I can say is that, excuse me, it's soothing. I've I've heard that, yeah. Like Brian, Dina, shout out to them. They like are hooked. Mm. Okay, my stepdaughter Zazi. I got it to got it for for Christmas, and she was hesitant at first because they're not really gamers, but you know they enjoy having it. And they love them some just dance, but mm-hmm. once she got into it, she would literally play with her cousin and FaceTime her at the same time. Oh wow! So you talking stuck. and it just yeah so yeah. I heard it's a really calming and absorbing game. It is, yeah, it is. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I was curious about it. I might, I, I do have that on the queue. I might get that eventually. Um, I'm trying to get like some some other cool uh, physical copies of Switch games as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I, that's pretty much uh, what I've been doing. Um, I got some other Criterion's that I'll got my eye on. Next week I'll get some more. Ah, uh, yeah. It's still July. Oh yeah. It's still in the beginning of July, so you gotta. Oh, definitely. Like I, I got, I got. You got your list ready. Oh yeah! You went to that Barnes and Noble and just put a notepad and just like, <laughs> okay, I was getting this. I'll be getting this. I'll never heard. It. I had never heard of this, but I will be getting it. Um, yeah, man, it's funny because like when I went to Barnes and Noble to to get the first uh, pickups, I saw five other people standing in a row looking at the shelves, and they were all talking to each other because I think they all had the same idea of getting some Criterion's, and I just saw them. And I was just like, excuse me, I'm just gonna get this. Why don't you just join in on the conversation? You probably would have got some nice recommendations. Probably, but I'm like, yo, man, I'm because I, I, I was coming back from work and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get home. I know what I want. I need this. Excuse me, I just need to get that and this. Never listen. And just head up. Hey, I mean, you hey, that's never. You never know. It you know, could be, I could be a possible guest. It. You know, it's funny. That's how we. That's how we got a uh, uh, Curtis Parvin. Yeah. That's how I. That's how I first met him. Like at a Barnes, randomly at a Barnes and Noble Criterion sale back in like 2016. Really? Yeah. That's that's how we first met. <laughs> so yeah, you never know. I mean, we definitely want to get him back on the show too eventually. He's supposed to come back. What the hell happened? What the hell happened, Curtis? 
Yeah, I know. You know, plans change, but we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely get him in there, John. Listen, I, I just saw. <laughs> I, I just saw John's comment here. He says, boat trip criterion edition, edition. Sir, boat Cuba Gooding Jr.'s boat trip will never see the light of day on the Criterion collection. D- don't, don't, don't be disrespectful. And also to answer your other question, uh, yes, Steven Soderbergh had initially retired briefly, but then he came back with Logan Lucky in 2017. Boat trip. Hypothetical alert. What's up? You're down to your last amount of money. Mm-hmm. And there's only two criterions that you can get. Mm. And you can only pick these two. Okay. Boat Trip Criterion or Hollow Knights Criterion? Neither. You got to pick one. I spend money on either. You got to pick one. <sighs> Come on, man. That's like... P- Come on, that's like that's like saying like, do you want to get shot or stabbed? Um, I would say shot, just because it's like right there, stab. It goes in, and then you pull out. You actually do more damage when you pull out. That's yeah. what she said. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it also depends where you get shot. Um, I, I go Harlem Knights. Maybe. Yeah. And I'll go, I'll go shout out to Pops too. I hope they heard this. I mean, because because you know, I, I will. I would never spend money on boat trip. Come on, I've never seen it. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I saw the trailers for Boat Trip. I read the reviews, and I'm like, damn man, Cuba Gooding Jr. really fell off after his Oscar win. That's a damn shame. Oh, what was the name of that movie? Though? It was about the scuba diver, wasn't it? Uh, Men of Honor. Yeah, Men of Honor. Yeah, he did Men of Honor after after he won his Oscar. That was a good movie. What was his Oscar for? Jerry Maguire. Oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Show me the money. Yeah, I just I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was Men of Honor, but yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah, that's pretty much it on my end. Uh, now we got uh, Black Widow, which we'll talk about. All right. I know you got some thoughts. Uh, so yeah, uh, Black Widow, uh, the late the twenty fourth feature in the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, and the first film of Marvel's Phase 4. This is the 2021 prequel uh, prequel film starring Scarlett Johansson in her final appearance as Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow. Also stars Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, um, David Harbour, Rachel Weisz, and Ray Winston. Yeah. So, before we go into... uh you know, going to our spoiler-filled review. Mm-hmm. What are your initial thoughts? Um, you know, it's 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 funny. Like when I when I uh, first watched Black Widow, like I initially didn't didn't have high expectations, and not because like n- not because you know I dislike the character or anything, but because it's a prequel. I I thought that well, I mean, being a mm-hmm. being a prequel, I don't think I don't, I don't see how essential this film could be and how it could really fit. In the overall uh, MCU Infinity Saga, but after watching it, you know, I came away quite impressed. Me too. Uh, yeah, much more so than expected. Uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson. This, you know, she did, a, of course, did a hell of a job in, in her final appearance as Black Widow. Uh, I, I, I felt that the, that the that the true standout of this film was Florence Pugh. Yes, she was. Yeah, Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova. Like, like 
her performance was such that she rose above and beyond the basic requirements of an MCU performance. Um, and I and I admit that sounds a little backhanded, but usually like, when you watch an MCU film, you know you expect good performances, you expect you know great realizations of these characters, but you're not expecting like something that's gonna, like, that's like, gonna be like really soulful performances you know what i mean i think florence Pugh. i think her performance like because she gave some real depth to her character that I, I wouldn't be surprised i would welcome it if she if she earned some supporting actress nominations i think she was that good i think that her, her performance is definitely in my view like the best acting performance i've seen in any mcu film because she really stepped it up above the requirements of what's expected so starts death scene yeah even better yeah, because Florence Pugh, like she's she's a she's a great actress, very talented. Like from you know, fighting with my family, and of course your favorite film, Midsummer. God, I need to stab you for this. <laughs> uh, Midsummer, ah, uh, so, such a wonderful date film, by the way. Wonderful date film. Don't do um, it. Don't do it. The director's cut. Thirty thirty extra don't, minutes. Don't don't definitely don't do it. <laughs> oh um, man. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. Florence Pugh, like like her like her star is on the rise, and I think after this film, she's gonna get even more. Oh, absolutely. Um, I honestly, when I walked in, you know, I walked in, you know, first of all, you know me, I'm a Marvel guy. I rep the red brand. So I was I was excited to finally get a Marvel movie, to finally go back to the movie theaters. The first time I can't remember the last time I went to the movies. Uh, for me, it was March 2020. I don't even think I think it's been before that for me. Oh, wow. Well, I don't even remember the movie. <laughs> oh, man. I want to be safe and maybe say Star Wars. Maybe actually no. Maybe even Birds of Prey. Oh, oh yeah, it, it, it had, had to have been Birds of Prey because you because you watched it right before our review with Jim. It was yeah, and I came in late. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Birds of Prey was my second to last uh, movie to watch in the theaters. Then it was Invisible Man. Yeah. So from what I you know what I thought I was just like okay, do we really need this movie? Mm. Like I thought it was just like, you know what? Scarjo, you did your thing from the first Iron Man on. Mm-hmm. We gonna give you your own movie. You deserve your own movie. Rightfully so. Oh yeah. And but it's, so seeing how everything was played out, I'm like, all right, you know, then I end up learning what it was about. All right, so we're gonna go back as whatever. I'm like, yeah, but do we really need it? Mm-hmm. I didn't think so. But then after watching it, I was like, oh, okay. Like, now I see where everything is falls through. Because we never really did get, like, a full-blown, like, origin story. Like, we got more of Hawkeye's story in the previous films, but never too much about Black Widow. So we have a relationship with her, but it's, like, not... We wasn't too deep into detail with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I felt like we got it at this, you know, with this film. And to put it into wrestling terms, ScarJo was the veteran to give Florence Pugh the proper rub mm. to become the star, to push forward. Yeah. And then you end up seeing that in the post credits um, scene where that we'll uh, get into later on. Yep. But overall, I did walk away satisfied i did walk away with joy um huge plot twist i was constantly just like thinking to myself like okay what am i gonna talk about like how are we gonna break this down Mm -hmm. like i'm i was looking forward to uh 
to this episode, not only just because I'm in the studios, but I was looking forward to actually like getting into this film because that's how much I definitely did enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like this was for me one of the best uh, MCU films and it's a it's a it's a high bar there. Like this is a film I'll definitely watch again, because um, I I actually watched it at home with the the premiere access from Disney Plus, so I get to watch it you know as many times as I want you know for the next three months, and then when it hits so uh, then before it be before it gets released wide widely on the platform, so yeah, it's it's definitely well it's well worth it. Um, yeah, it definitely like I said one of one of the MCU's best films. Great send off for uh, Scarlett Johansson's character. Definitely. And uh, yeah, with that said, uh, we'll get into the spoilers uh, of Black Widow. So if you haven't seen Black Widow, um, turn the volume off. Yep, turn the volume. Turn the volume off. <laughs> Give us the view, but turn the volume off. Yep, turn the volume off, um, and then come back, and uh, you know we'll we'll honk our horn and let you know that when we're done with the review. <laughs> turn down for what? Anyway, so yeah, uh, Black Widow. Um, we're gonna go th- like I said. We're gonna go through the plot. We're gonna look at some some uh, some some of the uh, uh, stand standout scenes. Uh, what it kind of kind of like what it all means in the, in the larger MCU. And I know you got your Easter eggs prepared as well. Yeah, so we got about a good ten Easter eggs. Yep. So spoilers for Black Widow commence now. So you have been warned. So yeah, uh, the film um, it, it opens up in 1995. You know, uh, when we were, we were 11 at the time, <laughs> um, it takes place uh, in Ohio initially. So you have um, you have a uh, 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 you have two you have a you you have an ordinary family. You got you got uh, Natasha Romanoff, 11 years old. You know, rocking some blue hair. She's got a she's got a younger sister, uh, y- Yelena, and they have their parents. You know, played by David Harbour and Rachel Weisz. Or uh, Ale- um, their parents, um, Alexei uh, Shostakov. Um, AKA the Red Guardian, or is it the Crimson Dynamo? I don't know. I get them mixed up. And uh, Melina Vostokov. Um, now they now they're not just any family. In fact, they're not really a family at all. In fact, they're an undercover Russian agents that are sleeper agents in in the heartland of of America. S- uh, side note. Yep. Same plot as which that scene. Those scenes were actually attributed to that show, The Americans. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Yeah. I heard, I heard America's is a really good show. I want to actually want to get into that. It should be on demand on like Hulu, I think. I think it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, you can you can look it up. See, I, I know for a fact it's on Prime, but that's a show that I want to watch too. But yeah, so you got a bit of a the Americans plot right there. You got these uh the, this uh this group posing as a as a typical suburban family, and uh, and uh, they basically they're on they actually are. They actually are on the run because they, because uh, the parent, the, the father, uh, Alexei, he stole some vital shield intel, and so they they make they actually managed to make their they narrowly make their escape from shield agents and they land in Cuba, and once they land in Cuba and uh, Alexei uh, uh, passes off the data that he stole, um, uh, you have um, uh, Natasha Romanoff and Yelena, uh, they actually uh, get sedated. And they uh, get passed off to the Red Room. Now, the Red Room is is a secret underground, um, a secret underground facility that trains Black Widow agents. And 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 this film does explore, you know, the backstory of like what it takes to become, or rather, what it takes to be forced to become a Black Widow agent. And it is an ugly, ugly story. 
right there. I mean, yeah. One thing I yes, yeah, that one got that got me too. Yeah. One thing, just to backtrack a bit. Did you like the theme song to the song that was played during the opening credits? Yeah, it was a it was a really interesting rendition of Smells Like Teen Spirit. I've been listening to it since. Yeah. Yeah. By um uh, Malia J. Malia J, yeah. So it was a cover of a classic Nirvana song. My all-time favorite rock song. Yeah. Still don't know the words, don't know what it's about, but damn it, it always was good to me. Yeah, I agree. And also, you know, Diamond Dallas Page famously had a riff of it. You know, self-high five. WCW. <laughs> yeah. Bang. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, that, it was a really, really cool opener. Um, and and uh, and also, too, um, the so, so you have that. So you have that established uh, uh, opener. Then you fast forward to 2016. So, so this film actually chronologically takes place after the events of uh, Civil War. So all the all the Avengers are on the run. Um, uh, uh, Natasha Romanoff, she's a fugitive for violating the Sokovia Accords, and so she's being pursued by Thaddeus Ross, um, played by William Hurt once again, who looked way different in this film. He just had, well, they did indicate it in the story he just had a triple bypass. Yeah. Like a third one. <laughs> a third one. Damn, it's like just retire, dude. It ain't worth it. <laughs> um so yeah, she's actually so she actually uh uh, uh Nat- so Natasha uh, uh, uh she retreats to Norway. She meets one of her contacts where she's living in his in his trailer. She's Rick just trying Mason. to Yep, Rick Mason. Uh, is he from the comics? Uh yeah, that's actually one of my uh one of my easter eggs. Um forgive me for butchering his name. OT Fabian. Oh, let me see. I, I can pull up his name real quick. Fabian. Oh, Fabian. Fabianle. Yeah. Yeah, Fabianle. Fabian. Yeah, Fabianle. Okay, his character is a version of Freemason, who in the comics is a secret agent and is actually the son of Phineas Mason, mm-hmm. aka the Tinkerer. And the Tinkerer was actually well, a version of the Tinkerer was mm-hmm. actually in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, he was actually he was fixing all the uh, the alien tech. He was actually played by uh, Michael Chernis, who was Cal from Orange Is the New Black. Oh, okay. So yeah. he's the tinkerer and all that. It's just they're not related in the MCU. Ah, oh, gotcha. gotcha. But in the comics, they're father and son. Oh, interesting. So yeah, um, so yeah, Natasha's in hiding, and then all of a sudden, um, she actually gets attacked. Uh, by uh, an unknown villain called a Taskmaster. That ta- yo, that Taskmaster was the shit. Like I was like, well, first of all, like what I saw in the commercial, I was like, who's playing the Taskmaster? Mm-hmm. Who's playing the Taskmaster? I kept looking it up on Wikipedia or anything, ty- uh, anything of the cast, just to find out mm-hmm. who was playing him. Mm-hmm. I saw why they did that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a there's a definitely a, a twist to that character. Yeah, thank. Yeah, and and speaking of and speaking of which, on, on a similar note, um, um, for and if you and if you've been following the MCU, like Nata- like uh, Black Widow and Natasha Romanoff, she's always made references to having red on her ledger, and in this film, you see exactly what she's talking about, and it's like, damn. Yeah, that dates back to the first Avengers movie. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> Yeah, and when you see what she did, it was like, oh, oh, you, you, you fucked up, yeah, man. 
Man, you 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 got some shit on you. Yeah, I, you ain't I, no saint. No, not at all. Like that's like Romanoff is no saint by any means. And when you see what she did, what she did, and uh, and that also gives uh, motivation for the main villain played by Ray Winston as well. Because wait, the main villain is American. Ray Winston? No, he's British. He plays a good ass Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. God damn. Yeah, he's a. British actor, yeah he he did a he did a Russian accent really well. Okay, can we just is, is it safe to say that British actors are better than American ones? <laughs> can we just say there um, Hollywood is recruiting a lot of British actors in film and TV? Oh yeah, they have over over the years. Like you got Idris Elba, David Oyelowo, Naomi Harris, um, who else? Google no, Google Martha Rono, she's American. Um, um, who else? Uh, Rick Ryan, Andrew Lincoln, Andrew Lincoln, Coral. <laughs> 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 Rob. Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah, man, yeah. Ray Winston, he, like he's a damn good actor. Uh, he's in such films as Sexy Beast, which is a, cr- a crime crime drama from two thousand one with Ben Kingsley. He was also he was also in The Departed, Martin Scorsese. Um. Yeah, he's done a lot of good stuff over the years, but yeah. Um. Uh. Basically, um. The the red in Natasha's ledger is that years ago, uh. She she was tracking down uh, the daughter of uh, Ray Winston's character, who is and I'm trying to pull up the name. Wait, what was that? Uh, Ray Winston's character in Black Widow. It is hold on. It is Drakeoff. Drakov. So she was tracking down the daughter of Drakov, who's a like a high profile target. And uh, you know, and, and you know, initially um uh she has she's conflicted about the mission because her mission is to basically assassinate Drakov and she sees uh his daughter, who's a young girl at the time, walk in the building where Drakov is residing. And then um after some hesitation, Natasha this decide has no choice but to approve the you know, say it it's a go, give the green light, and then a bomb goes off, presumably killing Drakov and also presumably killing his daughter. So when you see that that red, it's like, damn. Yeah, oof. That's red, all right. That's a dark some darkness right there. So you can see you can see why Natasha wants to get that red off her ledger. But even though it's like, nah, you still live with it's that. It's there. It's there no matter how hard you try. I mean, you can do things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it in Falcon and Winter Soldier, and let's just face it, Winter Soldier had more on him. Yeah, he oh he had more on him like by decades alone, yeah. and also don't forget Hawkeye when he was Ronin during the five years of the blip, he he racked up a lot of kills too. But that was for just anybody who was evil. He's like, if you're bad, you're catching it. Yeah, he was basically the Punisher with a sword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the that's the red you see, and you know that's the backstory that she's kind of uh, contending with. And um, she does get a lot of blowback in the form of Taskmaster uh, later on. Yeah, I was like, like that first scene, that first scene on the bridge, and yeah, I'm like, yo, whoever's playing the Taskmaster is fucking nailing it. Yeah, absolutely. And you and actually saw like the Taskmaster when they first introduced it. He's like studying the events of Civil War because mm-hmm. the Taskmaster, his powers is that he can mimic anybody's fighting style if he yep. just lo- if he watches him automatically gets it. Mm-hmm. yep 
Yeah, he's like he's like a human computer that way. Yeah, he just co- yeah he just copies it. So whenever you're fighting him, he knows exactly what you're gonna do, how you're gonna do it, when you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he like he's a definitely a tough adversary. And then um and then also like as as the film progresses, uh, eventually uh, Natasha does reunite with her sister, uh, played by uh, Florence Pugh, uh, Yelena Belova, who turns out to also be uh, an, an agent or a former agent of the Black Widow Red Room program. You're such a poser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when she makes fun of her, her like, pose. like, why do you have to do this? And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, damn, they nailed it. I don't say that because I didn't notice it until she until she brought brought it up. Like she did do that pose a lot. She does that a lot. All the women do. Yeah, that that typical superhero pose. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Just like the superhero landing. That, that it's the superhero landing. Mm-hmm. Yep. She does. T- she calls it oh, poser. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, that was that was that was an interesting uh, reunion. It was a tense filled reunion because you know when they. United, they had some years. It's been years since they saw each other, mm-hmm. and they initially go at it, but then they have to reunite against their common enemy. Um, also, an interesting. Also, it uh, turns out that uh, uh, Yelena has uh, has an interesting fashion sense. She she harps on this jacket that she buys, this olive green jacket, which has a lot of pockets, and she really takes a liking to it. She does. I mean, I do got an Easter egg on that. Yeah, more on that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, so yeah. Uh, well, since we're pretty much right at that part where they yeah. meet meet up, yeah, I got an Easter egg right there, which okay. is another hint at Budapest. So in the Budapest safe house, Yelena comments on the three strange bullet holes that are in the wall. Natasha actually corrects her and says, "No, they're from arrows," mm-hmm. indicating that this was the site of the infamous Budapest standoff that's been mentioned throughout the Infinity Saga. Oh yeah, between uh, Hawkeye and Natasha. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's an interesting callback there. Yeah. Another one too. When they went back to um, to when Natasha killed Drakov's daughter, mm-hmm. she's actually talking to Hawkeye on the headset. Oh, that was him. Yeah, that was that was actually Jen- Jeremy Renner. He just wasn't credited for that scene, but oh, that what? was actually him for that scene. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I can see why they were both. They both had a connection. In that way, I just wish they still we still got like a whole exactly maybe like at least a Marvel short of Budapest. Uh, I think I think it's cool that some things can be better left to the imagination, right? Which, you know, which is true, which is cool, you know, and I can agree with that. But I still would I still would have loved to see it. It would have been cool to mm-hmm. see it, but then it's yeah. like, all right, we get bits and pieces here and there, and you know, we'll probably get more when Hawkeye's um, TV oh, show comes out. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely, and more on that at the end of oh, the definitely. review. Uh, so yeah, um, so eventually, so eventually, uh, once so once uh, Yelena, Yelena and Natasha reunite, um, I also really enjoyed their scenes together. They have some really good chemistry, and like I said, Florence Pugh, like she really brought some real depth to her character. Like I was, because as I was watching, I was like, man, she is really, she's really putting in her. A-game. Yeah, because remember, like, remember, who always been Black Widow in the comic books? It's always been Natasha Romanoff. Nobody knows about Yelena Belova. No. Like, unless you are a hardcore comic book fan, nobody knows about Yelena Belova. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I think she was featured in the, the that one-off Black Widow tra- tra- trade paperback, the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it was like a different version. Yeah, it was a Marvel Knights. Uh, yeah. Marvel Knights series that you gave me. Yep. And uh, and yeah, um, eventually, um, you know, as as Natasha and and uh, Yelena are, are trying to figure things out, we also cut to a remote prison in Russia where we see uh, Alexei, uh, a.k.a. Um, the Red Guardian uh, or Crimson Dynamo. I'll, I'll get to that. No, I got a big Easter egg on that one, but I actually yeah. do have an Easter egg pertaining to that scene. Okay. So as he, well, did you want to move? Oh yeah. The, the, the scene. Oh, the scene where we see a uh, David Harbor, by the way, who plays the, the red guardian who great performance, by the way, it, it was, there was your comic relief right there. Oh yeah. He, he was a guy who's like this, like, like, you know, he's, he's like, he's like this, this big gregarious Russian who is, uh, who basically, um, you know, he's, he's a, he's a, he's basically, he's, he's a proud spy and and he's in in this in this in this film like he's in prison uh so i guess like sometime after he completed his mission in ohio they just basically threw him in the clink and he's been there ever since so there's a scene where we see him arm wrestling random inmates and then he actually breaks severely (laughs) the arm of of another inmate and there's the easter egg right there i actually have two pertaining to that scene uh so the first one is about the uh, the guy Mm -hmm. so this one's actually called ursa the great bear so alexi breaks the hand of a prisoner who he calls ursa and refers to him as the great bear Mm -hmm. this is actually the mcu's version of ursa major who is a mutant who is a mutant with the ability to turn into a bear who also has a soviet superhero uh, who was also a Soviet super soldier in the comics, mm-hmm. and also pertaining to actually no, this is okay. And also in that same scene, he broke Ursa's hand mm-hmm. because Red Guardian always had this obsession in claiming that he beat Captain America. Yeah. Well, in the MCU, obviously, you know, in that timeline, in that time frame. Cap was frozen in ice. Mm-hmm. So it never happened. But in the comics, the two did actually fight back in Avengers for number 44 in 1963. Yeah. Okay. Cap was actually winning until uh, Red Guardian's um, superior, who was uh, Colonel Ling, mm-hmm. he electrocuted him. He electrocuted Captain America. So Alexei was so upset about the uh, dishonorable way that he won that match that he actually ended up helping the Avengers escape Colonel Ling and actually sacrificing his life in the process. Wow. Okay. Yeah, a bit of meaty backstory right there. A bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I will say like um in like like the uh, David Harbour's a uh, uh, version of the character. Um, basically, like, he's basically washed up. Yeah, you know, like reliving gl- uh, glory days that he basically never lived, as you say. <laughs> um, uh, he 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 can still fit into his costume miraculously enough. Bare- barely, <laughs> barely. You know, um, that that stitching was you know trying to hold together. Um, Guy, little coat. <laughs> yep. And um, and so naturally, uh, they uh, Natasha and Yelena do need him because they f- they need to figure out the location of this red room because Drakov has managed to keep it a secret. So that's where he trains uh, captured women who are forced to become Black Widow agents. Um, and Natasha and Yelena are trying to find out find out where this room is to put a stop to to Drakov. Um, or, or rather, at the time they don't know he's alive technically, so they're trying to figure out where the red room is at least. So they need th- so they figure well since Alexei was you know. Drakov's number right hand man, 
they figure, hey, he he must know the location. So they actually uh, fly fly to this Russian prison, which is a remote remote like in Siberia probably. And it was actually a really cool action scene where they managed to bust them out. That was especially with the white, you know, when she shows up in the white suit, which is actually a callback to the uh, Black Widow Deadly Origins uh, miniseries. Yep. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so yeah, Yelena and uh, um, um, Natasha they they free they free Alexei from his prison, um, just barely. Um, they manage to get him out, and uh, and it, let's just say it's a, it's a pretty uh, fraught reunion um, because as it turns out, you know, they're um, they're not really a real family. But it was, you know, in, in the in the words of uh, that that one wrestling fan from years ago, for Yelena. It's still real to me, me damn, damn it. it. <laughs> um, as <laughs> family, family. Uh, oh man, I, I'm. I don't think I'm gonna see F9. Uh, I, I got it. I got to do it. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, eventually uh, they make their way to um, um, their their so-called mother's uh, house. Um, let me see. Trying to pull Melina. up the name. Lena. Melina Vostikov? Yeah, Melina Vostikov. Yeah, played by Rachel Weiss. Um, they actually, so they reunite with her. She's actually living in this remote farm uh, facility as well. Um, and, and they, and they have a, and the, and the quote unquote family, they have a, re, a reunion. For me, this was actually one of my favorite scenes in the whole film. Really? Yeah. Cause like, it was interesting seeing like their, their awkward family dynamic and you know you see alexi even though yeah they're all spies and they're all quote-unquote professionals even though natasha and yelena they were kids at the time you know you see alexi still you know he on some level he genuinely feels of a fatherly bond uh with uh with with his uh you know, would be daughters and he's trying to reconnect with them. And Natasha's like, she's, she's strictly focused on the mission. She's like, listen, listen, every, everything you're talking about, our whole lives have been fake this whole time. Let's just get, let's just focus on the mission. And that really gets to Yelena because she's like, the best part of my life was fake. And she's trying to, and she has a hard time recon- reconciling with that. And so she, she storms off and then Alexi has, tries to have a talk, a father and daughter talk with, uh, with her. Um, and then you see uh, Rachel Weiss's character, who was pretty interesting because she does come off as pretty heartless and ruthless. She's just like, look, look, you know, you're an asset. You know, it, the Black Widow program, it is what it is. And, you know, I, I, I make no apologies for what we've done or what we had to do. And but and, and it's like and you're not too sure how you feel about uh rachel weiss's character because you don't know if she's still a loyal soldier for drakoff and you don't know if she's leading all of them into a trap but it's like at the same time they need her it's like she's she's like their best lead yeah another comment and i just thought about this scene too like especially how um florence Pirro had had us dying yeah whenever she she was actually roasting um natasha about being an avenger but yeah she refers to like i am you know she First Iron Man as like Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. She refers to them as the good ones, mm. and she's just like, <laughs> "Okay, you're just like the sidekick." <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like it's like her saying like, "Well, you know, they all have super." Well, Tony Stark. I mean, his iron suit gives him like that's his superpower right there. Right, yeah. It's like they all have superpowers. What do you have? Just guns. Pew pew. 
pew 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 that's it i mean in the con <laughs> well in the comics you know she did take there is a black widow serum and uh um, oh. yeah they're protecting the serum that which was developed by the uh by the by the damn i can't even read my own writing i was reading writing this fast but it was <laughs> to free the other victims mm-hmm. from uh Drakov's control yep. but natasha isn't enhanced in the mcu but in the comics she was given the red room serum variant of Red Room Serum variant. It's a variant of the Super Soldier Serum mm-hmm. that enhanced her physical and mental, but her mental abilities, but not to the degree of uh, Captain America. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and, and speaking of the serum, I know um, Alexei, he had a he had a version of the Super Soldier Serum as well, right? right? Yeah, because he said that he was like the first and perhaps only yeah. a Russian Super Soldier. Yeah. Her in these glasses. No, I was writing. Listen, I was at work doing all this work, and I was writing very fast. And it <laughs> says Rogue, by the way. <laughs> there you go, Rogue. <laughs> um, like, God, damn, like I'm like, God damn, I really. Can't. But yeah, I was like really in a hurry to like write all this, oh, and my yeah. hand was cramping up. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, and so what's what's interesting too is like they eventually make their way to um, Drakov's fortress because they're. They're trying to figure out because they're trying to, they're trying to figure out okay how does this guy manage to stay off the radar, or it turns out that he's actually literally stayed above radar because it turns out that he has his base in the sky, you know, high in the clouds, and so that so they eventually make their way there, and um, they they hatch a scheme to find a way to to capture uh, Drakov, and it was a very very clever twist how they yeah, how they executed it. Um, an interesting callback to the Winter Soldier movie yep. with the face mask technology. The uh, the many face gods. Yeah. Oh, many face gods. <laughs> <laughs> a girl has no name. <laughs> yeah. God, I love that show. Damn it! And the way it is. But yeah. Damn, we got through our first page of uh, <laughs> yeah. Easter eggs. Yeah. So, damn, I got two left. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're knocking them out, man. What so, the? so yeah, like, uh, yeah. What do you what, what did you make of that scene where um where initially it turns out if initially it was like Rachel Weiss uh with um, uh Drakoff, yeah. but then when she pulls the well when Drakoff pulls the mask down because he realizes wait a minute something's Some, something right something right then he just he he pulls the, her face off and it turns out to be. Uh, Natasha Romanoff under the Rachel Weiss mask. But damn it, if they were if, like, I mean, it was just like the I wouldn't I don't want to say meeting of the minds, but like because they were like against each other because like he knew something was off, mm-hmm. but he was already well prepared for it. He was like, all right, go ahead and hit me, and she couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, and and actually, uh, and to backtrack a little before that, we actually find out who Taskmaster is. That shit. Fucked me up. Yeah, I I was like, oh oh shit, because like because it was it was you know what's funny because like I noticed that Olga Kurlyenko, I saw her name in the credits because I was because I because I was familiar with her in a couple other films and I was like wait a minute I haven't seen her in this film this whole time or maybe it's like a blink and you miss it cameo, but then when she pulled her mask off when she was about to pull her mask off I'm like no wait a minute and then she pulled her mask off and it turns out to be uh, Drakov's daughter. Who was Taskmaster, and her face is scarred up. Yeah. Yeah, she's totally silent. I was like, damn. Yeah. Like, and she's just like, like, full, like, you could just see it, you know, big ups to Olga Kurlyenko. Yeah. Did I say it right? Yep, you did. Like, just her eyes. She didn't say a word. 
Mm. Maybe like one word the entire film. Yeah. And just her perform just her performance just not saying it. like you can just see like mm. she was just blinded by it. she was blinded by rage and revenge. You remember? Yep. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not because in the comics, Taskmaster is the guy. Yeah. You know, an American guy named uh, Anthony Masters, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- Anthony Masters. I- I'll look it up. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm expecting Lord knows whoever. Yeah. And then I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Plot twist. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even mad. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, man, well played. I was like, well played. And it turns out that you know, uh, uh, the red on Natasha's letters still has a lot of le- a life in it because Taskmaster, the surviving daughter of of Drakov, she's fully programmed, and uh, and and she's a walking weapon, and she's ready to to finish finish what she started. And um, she was determined. Oh, she was determined. All right. And um, and but interestingly, Drakov calls her off and says, OK, listen, you know, I see that, you know, we got Alexi on, on this on this and the space. We got uh, Yelena and we got um, Melina, uh, Melina. Go take care of him. And you're thinking, wait a minute, why are you just going to let her go like that? I mean, you re- you're what are you doing? And then Natasha's like, you just made us. You just fucked up. You just made a serious mistake. You just let your best weapon go. And it's just you and me. And then she's about to pull the trigger, and then she's like, "She just couldn't." He's like, "Remember, you can't." He's like, "Oh no! All you gotta do is just damage the nerve." Boom! Bangs her head into the door, and then she's like, "I'm like, oh shit, it's on." Yeah, and uh, and the re- and the initial defense that uh, that um, that Drakov installed in in all the Black Widow agents, including Natasha, was he has this pheromone lock. Which basically, like, if you if any of the widow agents try to attack him, if they smell him, basically they they can't they can't do anything to him. It's kind of like um in Ro- in RoboCop, uh, direct the Directive Four, where yeah. RoboCop tries to attack uh Dick Jones, the president of OCP, yeah. and then he and then his body shuts down. That's basically like the same kind of plot element right there. Uh, also, real quick sidebar, um, we see a couple people in the chat. Uh, we see Vilna. Vilna. Hey, what's up, Vilna? She's so so glad, so glad to see us together again. Yes, thank you. I'm very glad that we're back, you know, on on the air, live in the Codex Prime Studios, uh, once again. Um, we got Imani Penn in here as well. How's it going? Yep. And we got uh, Tyrone Johnson. Nobody cares about you. Let's God move damn it! <laughs> that was uh, unnecessary. I know, I know, but uh, but yeah, um. But yeah, man. Uh, she, uh, yeah, she. So he initially has that uh, lock. It was like a chip, you know, installed in, in her, in her, in like her cortex, basically. And like you said, she's like, "Oh, all you got to do is, boom, boom, destroy the nerve." Yeah, and she's lucky she didn't suffer a con- con- concussion because if she did, then she would have been screwed. I mean, she probably did. It's just that she didn't feel it till later. <laughs> yeah, Marvel physics. But, well, no, that's actually that could be real physics too because sometimes, like, if you do concuss. You're high on adrenaline. Mm. You don't think about it, and then it just sinks in until like later, and you're like, "Okay, I'm a little fucked up." Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then uh, next thing you know, um, next thing you know, like it's a uh, next thing you know, things things evolve in the big Marvel, you know, action-packed climax. Uh, God damn it, that was a climax. Though. It was. Like, 
well earned too and us also definitely not the big definitely a far cry from all the ginormous light shows that we've seen i mean it was there but i mean it was a lot of explosions and stuff like the the red room was yeah deploding yeah that that was your light show it was just different like okay it's in the sky it's exploding mm-hmm. how are these people going to like make, how are they going to make it yeah and then you have all the other uh, uh, Black Widow agents. They initially attack Yelena and Natasha. Um, Natasha held her own. Yeah, she did hold her own, you know. And um, and then, like, uh, before uh, Drakov tried to launch his plot of launching all the undercover uh, Widow agents worldwide, uh, Natasha Romanoff manages to upload all of that information, all of that data, uh, to um, perhaps, uh, I think, Ross, uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Right. And then, um, and then she fights the Widow agents. And then... Just when she's like surrounded and she's overtaken by all the agents, you have Yelena coming in to save the day with the canisters yeah. of the of the anti serum, which frees all the widow agents from their mind control, and so you know they manage to escape. Um, yeah. It, also, it, it was a pretty uniquely done, like how the how everything how the climactic battle ended in like a series of like free falls. From the sky, that was really cool. That was really that was cool. It was like it was kind of nice. Like I was on the edge of my seat at that one because I'm like, are they gonna make it? Like how's she gonna get it? Like nobody can survive a fall like that. Yeah. Obviously, she fell from a shorter distance and Mm -hmm. didn't make it in Endgame. Yeah. So like, how the hell she gonna? How the hell she's gonna survive that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then like um, there was one scene where there was one moment where. where uh, Drakoff and some of his goons are trying to escape, and then you see Yelena um, hop on top of his like helicopter, and she's about to blow up one of the turbines. She's about to sacrifice herself, and she's like, "This was fun." Boom! Boom. And then I'm, then I'm thinking, "Oh man," because because MC, the MCU has done this. Like, yo, don't kill off an interesting character. Don't give your interesting characters a one-off appearance. Don't kill, don't kill them off. He did this with Killmonger. Please don't do it with Yelena. Thankfully, they did not. So thankfully, she survived. Because I was like, oh, man, it could have gone the other way. And I would have been like, it would have knocked the movie down a few points for me. I don't think so because you know what? What if she doesn't do the same for in her future projects? Oh, oh what's that? Like say, like say they did, uh, okay, say she does survive. And then in Florence Pugh's future projects in the MCU, she doesn't, it's not her performance isn't quite up to par. Mm-hmm. So if she would have died, you'd be like, you know what? You went out with a bang. Yeah. At least that's how I'm looking at it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. But you know, being that the character was and, and the performance was so interesting, it's like I'm glad that she actually managed to make it at, uh, towards the end. Um. So yeah. Uh. So yeah. Uh, at at the end. Uh. That's a random. Actually, uh, sidebar, people. I'm looking at the comments here. Random. A random comment from Vilna here. She says that Vic is all about the ladies today. Oh Jesus. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure what that is. Perhaps it's in reference to, you know, the, the Wonder Woman shirt and the fact that we're talking about Black Widow. I think so. I think so. Okay. But you know, I, 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 you know, you know, I'm, listen, listen, I'm a suave debonair brother. You know what I'm saying? So listen, listen, I'm handsome. I'm handsome AF. Okay. Listen. You actually said AF. Listen, listen, Victor Omoyo is handsome AF and I got tens all across the board. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. That's her score, judges. That's right. Give me my trophy. Come judge for me. Uh-huh. Come judge for me. Anyway, um, yes. So, so yeah, at the end, 
speaking of going out with a bang, well, <laughs> Drake Drakeoff went out with a with quite a literal bang uh, at the end. <laughs> and I'm doing just fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, oh yes. Uh, th- thank you, Imani. She loves the Wonder Woman shirt. Um, Bird needs to change. I agree. I mean, I do not. I mean, the, the, the listen. It, it's we're in 2021. And it, it's it's been like 25. <laughs> Let's not listen. 20, we're not gonna don't don't let me see. Let me, let don't, don't don't listen. Oh, Eric's oh, Eric's got Eric's my support right now. Yes, we know. It's been 20. It's been, it's been 22 see. years. We know this. We know this. Mm-hmm. 1996. That was like 25, yeah, 25 years. years. Yeah, 25 years. It's a quarter century. You know, your 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 team's not going to win any championships. It's it's been we are in the third decade of the 21st century. And you're you're not winning I'm, any. Bi- I'm listen, listen. You're not. It's not happening. If I switch teams and I'm just no different from any of those bandwagon Patriot fans. Oh well, pa- yeah, I said it. I mean, Patriots fans are horrible people. Nobody loves them. You know, Patri- Patriots fans are the reason why their wives left them and why their husbands don't leave. Don't you know? Don't love them. You know. They're, they're, you know, now you just went dark. You know, pa- Patriots fans are the reason why your kids are gonna are gonna disavow you by the time they turn eighteen and they and they move out on their own. And they'd be like, "Hey, isn't isn't that your mom and dad?" No, I don't know those people. I don't know who they are. Okay, let's can we get back to the movie because you just <laughs> went to a dark place, even for me. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I mean, I, I, I will say God. being being a Cowboys fan though, barely, marginally. Less embarrassing than being a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm just saying. At, le- at least y'all made it to listen, a Super Bowl. Listen, none of those guys are here to freaking defend themselves. Stop. It, it's listen, listen. Even even they even they could admit it deep down. It's like, well, we never we can never win a Super Bowl. So it's like, it is what it is. It's fine. It's fine. I got a dip. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> but yeah. you give my friend a hug too. But yeah, uh, yes. Getting back to Black Widow. So yes, um, Drakeoff he goes out with a literal bang. <laughs> he he, <is. laughs> he sure does. Um, and then, yeah, towards the end, uh, all the, uh, uh, the the last remaining Black Widow agents—they're all free. Um, it's gonna. Be, I, I mean, I would like to. I would like to see a, a, a like a Marvel, like a show, even just like a one-off that explores like a one, what, yeah, yeah, like one a shot. one-off, like a one-shot to see. You know what what became of these women if they all became a team if they all. Went out. They went their separate ways. Did some of them like join like other superhero groups, like the Avengers or other other similar? Did some of them go into the cosmos? I, I like to explore. Young that. Avengers versus Dora Milaje. Not Young Avengers. Hmm. Black Widow agents versus Dora Milaje. That, you know what? That would be interesting. I would like to see that. You know, and you know, the 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 an idea for a storyline too is that maybe one of them, because you know, you have you have several like black women who are also Black Widow agents. Maybe some of them could be from Wakanda. Maybe some of them were captured. Hey, you could do something with that. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. Some interesting potential story threads that, that could be explored in future uh, uh, properties, future installments. Uh, but yeah, uh, towards the end, uh, you know, um, uh, Black Widow. She eventually, uh, she she eventually gets her name cleared. Uh, she she leaves. She you know leaves things on a good note. Uh, one one final note uh, with her uh, with her sister. Um, uh, Yelena, and uh, eventually, you know, she she makes her way out. She walks off into the sunset. Yelena gives her the vest. Yep, look, Yelena gives her her vest that she wore in Infinity War. That's right. Yo, it's yeah. You know, so it's so interesting. Like again, that's a really that's a really cool Easter egg. 
because that shows like even just like small details that you don't even incidental details you don't even think about. Then you see, then you see, then you see it in this film. It makes you go. I, I, I mean, I will say that I, I will give the MCU credit. Like they do pay attention to small details, and they and do circle back. Like I said, I'm still dissecting. I, I watch Endgame like once every like few months just to keep a movie like that like fresh to me. But it's like mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm still finding out things. I'm still discovering things in that movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot to unpack. And so, like, uh, and so the ending here. Um, so yeah, Yelena d- does her thing, but we'll see her again. And then we see Romanoff. Um, she takes a Quinjet, and she's going off to free the Avengers, um, which she eventually does. And then things uh, resume in the larger Marvel continuity in the Infinity Saga. Yep. And we get our post-credit scene, uh, which and and I did mention this uh, months ago on the podcast that Black Widow is actually chronologically the first appearance of Con- of Contessa Va- Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine yeah. played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus who who technically made her first appearance on Falcon and the Winter Soldier but because Black Widow was delayed from a 2020 release to this year yeah. this became her second uh, uh appearance in the MCU but chronologically in the storyline this is her first appearance and so if you, and if you want if you don't feel like ever seeing all of that because yes. I know you and I both get tongue tied <laughs> just call it Madam Hydra Madam Hydra yeah that's right um so yeah we get the post credit scene where um Yelena she she visits uh, Natasha's gravesite uh which which uh, Drakoff mentioned, um, like Natasha's real mother was buried, like in some like tree underneath some tree or something. Yeah. I think that's the same place. Um, so yeah, so another interesting uh, character bit there. And uh, so while Yelena's there paying respects to uh, Natasha, we do see uh, uh, Madame Hydra, Contessa Valentina Allegra de, de La Fontaine. Keep practicing. You'll uh, get it. <laughs> yep. Uh, she makes her appearance there, and then she. Um, she actually uh, gives Yelena some information. She gives her a picture of Hawkeye, and she says that, you see, you know why Natasha was killed? This is why. And she implies that Clint Barton is the reason why Natasha died. I mean, if you want to get really technical, yeah, okay, but not for the reasons that Yelena's thinking. And so this is a setup for the eventual Hawkeye miniseries, which we'll see at the end of this year. And she's already cast. Oh, uh, oh they, they announced that she's in it. Oh, Florence Pugh? Yeah. Nice. Awesome. There you go. So, yeah, we, we will see more of Yelena Belova uh, in that series. And um, from what I hear, the Hawkeye uh, comic book is actually excellent as well. John Which likes one? it. Uh, I think it's like, uh, man, it's it must have been like 2016, 2017. It was like a popular one. I, 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 forget, I forget who wrote it, but John said that he really liked it. Yeah, I'm gonna need. To, I'm gonna hit him up and see and uh, get that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm already down to freaking two Easter eggs. Damn, we went through this pretty good. Yeah. Um. Well, since you mentioned Crimson Dynamo, this one's yeah. gonna. This one's gonna get you. So Yelena refers to Alexi as the Crimson Dynamo, in which he finds insulting. So the Crimson Dynamo was a member of the Soviet super soldiers in which the Red Guardian and, Urs- and uh, Ursa Major were both members of. Mm-hmm. As well as the Crimson Dynamo, yep. and he does actually exist in the MCU. Oh, he does. Yes, Anton Vanko 
was the original Crimson Dynamo, and he was the father of Ivan Vanko, a.k.a. Whiplash. Oh. Mickey played Rourke. by Mickey Rourke. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Okay. And, and then the final one, which is actually the Winter Soldier program, Melina actually revealed that, in, that the information that Alexi stole from the North Institute was results from experience done... Uh, uh, results of experiments, excuse me, done on Bucky Barnes as part of the Winter Soldier um, program. And Molina's explanation made it clear that Bucky was experimented on a lot more than what was revealed. Hmm. And that's all my, that's all my Easter eggs. Interesting. Yeah, good job. There good was job more. My sources were uh, Screen Rant. So um, mm. if you do, if you are interested in the article, I can uh, post it up on the uh, Codex uh, Facebook page as well. But yeah, it bucked. I will alert that there are spoilers in in those Easter eggs, but... Oh, yeah. Nice. There's a lot more. <laughs> oh, I bet. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, overall, Carl, uh, any other thoughts about uh, Black Widow? I say, I say watch it because you will definitely enjoy it because it was... Hmm. Like, it was... Like, I felt like it wasn't needed, but you know what? It was worth it, and now you can understand it, and now you... in the way how Natasha Romanoff put... Oh, well, ScarJo put over Florence Pugh as mm -hmm. to like, okay, this is the new Black Widow, mm -hmm. and she's gonna kill it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. She did, and I'm like, we're at we as Marvel fans are now invested into Yelena Belova now. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, Florence Pugh, like I said, a terrific actress, and. Yeah, ho hopefully with this project, like she'll definitely ha uh, punch her ticket to more interesting projects as well, uh, a along with uh, the MCU. So yeah, definitely check it out. Black Widow, definitely one of the MCU's best films. Um, looking at uh, Vilna's comment here, she asks, uh, "What do you think about how they presented this character in the in this movie, who was designed to be hypersexualized in the comics?" Um, are you referring to Black Widow? Yeah, I really don't think she was very too hypersexualized. I mean, she was always a very well covered character. She just had like she just had like the curves and stuff. But mm -hmm. you know, all characters are like that. I would probably say like Wonder Woman's more over hypersexualized than Black Widow was. But I mean, I but after but all in all, I think she was represented very well. I mean, she was very well yeah. covered while she still like had that you know sex appeal mm -hmm. to her. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't out, you know, she didn't necessarily put it, you know, out there yeah. like that. Like, she had that sexiness, but we know what the Black Widow character, like, stands for, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, like her like her being, like, a badass, you know, you know, yeah. take charge hero. That's the main appeal. Like, the, like the sex appeal is just, like... It's there. It's, it's an added yeah. perk. Yeah, it's an added perk, but it's not, like, the reason why you're there. Right. Yeah. Um... But yeah, yeah, Black Widow. Uh, check it out. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, if premiere access and also in theaters. Um, I like, watched it in theaters. Yeah, like I said, if if you do if you do get the premiere access uh, for thirty bucks, you do get to watch it as many times as you want for three months, and then once it hit, three months before it hits Disney Plus for everybody else. Yeah. So, yeah, cool stuff. And it's a one time pay. And it's a one time. Yes. Yep. Purchase, right? Yep. One time purchase. Thirty bucks. Boom. Yeah. Convenience fee. <laughs> but uh but yeah uh that was it uh for black widow um to wrap up here we do have a codex retrospective uh for this week go ahead and make me feel a little bit 
All right, so yeah, this week's Codex Retrospective, we have one, two, three, six, uh, so, nope, seven more items to, to get into. Uh, so uh, our retrospective uh, takes us back 39 years ago to July 9th, 1982, which saw the theatrical release of Tron. You know what? Never saw it. Yeah, you know, Tron, it's an interesting time capsule of a movie. Um, it's a it's a film that stars Jeff Bridges and Bruce, Bruce Boxleitner. Um, it was it was a film. It was one of the first films that made extensive early extensive use of CG of computer generated imagery. And back then, like you know, you could tell it was definitely like rudimentary stuff. Yeah. But it was pretty you know visually groundbreaking for its time. Um, yeah, that was when it was actually it was called special effects because they were special effects at that time. Oh yeah. Yeah, they just now it's like kind of needed in movies today <laughs> yeah yeah you know with with cg you can like it's it's, it's cg is using like in the majority of films yeah. even in very subtle ways like settings and background in backgrounds and things like that um yeah it, it, like i said it was a uh, it was visually groundbreaking for its time um if you watch it now it's definitely an interesting time capsule if you look at it in that way um like the story story is not, nothing really special but i thought it was pretty interesting for what it was um, uh, the, the film was followed up with a sequel in 2010, Tron Legacy, right. uh, which had a which had an excellent soundtrack by Daft Punk. Daft Punk had a really good score. Now, would you say like the original Tron like aged well? Um, I think visually, no. Um, but like I said, like it's it's not it's not so bad. It's like oh my god, this is unwatchable. But at the time, like if you were like a teenager or a kid in yeah. 1982, you'd be like. It'd be like watching Avatar right. in 2009, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, the yeah that was Tron. Um, also, we go back uh, to 34 years ago, uh, to July 7th, 1987, and this is one you'll appreciate as a fellow hip hop head. We saw uh, the release of one of the most groundbreaking albums and, mo- and most important albums in hip hop, Eric B and Rock Hymns. Paid in, in full. full, yes. So this this album made its debut uh, in 8, 1987, 34 years ago. Uh, this is a film. This is a album, uh, rather that um, launched such singles as "I Ain't No Joke," "Eric B is President," um, "Move the Crowd," "I Know You Got Soul," and of course the title the title track "Paid in Full." Thinking of a master plan. Yeah. Nothing but sweat, sweat inside my hands. <laughs> Yeah. Um what what made this what made this album uh truly Check unique? You got some Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a classic. I'm gonna have to listen to, I'm gonna have to listen to this on the way. Oh yeah, it's on Spotify. Um Yeah. Uh, also what made this album unique was that um Rakim, you know, he he was uh he was the first rapper to uh in, to use internal rhymes, the internal rhyme scheme in his in his flow. So back then when you had in the eighties you had like more simplistic, simple rhyme schemes, rhyme structures. Rakim took it to a whole nother level. So Rakim's style uh pioneered, you know, modern rap, you know, the modern style of rap that uh, countless MCs have have used in their styles, you know, ever since, like Jay Z, Nas, Biggie, uh Tupac, Kendrick Lamar, you you name it. You name it, somebody all of all of those aforementioned rappers have listened uh to rock him and they've gotten their style from him so you talk about one of the greatest artists of all time in that respect you got to pay your respect to rock him um this album it also sold over a million copies uh 
it was certified uh, platinum in 1995. Uh, and, um, and, and also in 2003 and 2020, uh, Paid in Full was ranked number 61 on Rolling Stone's magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Well-deserved. So, yeah, that's a classic right there. Yeah, it is. Um, we also have another classic here. Oh, gee. Um, so we're going back uh, 30 years ago on July 12th, uh, 1991, which is the 30-year anniversary of Boys in the Hood. <laughs> yes. Love that movie. One of my all-time favorites. Yep. Boys in the Hood. This was the debut feature of the late, great John Singleton, uh, who was 24 years old when he wrote and directed this feature. Uh, John Singleton became the first black director, African-American director, to be nominated for Best Director at the Academy Awards. He's also still the youngest director at 24 years old to be nominated for that category. Uh, this film was also the... the uh, it was the breakout role of Cuba Gooding Jr. Also, the film debut of Morris Chestnut, who famously played Ricky. Um, yep. And, of course, the acting debut of Ice Cube, who played Doughboy. Domino, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a film that really holds up. Um, the, the, the impact of this, of, this, of this film cannot be understated. This film actually launched um, the, the wave of 90s hood movies, um, such as Menace to Society, Juice, uh, Friday, above the rim, up above the rim. Um, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. <laughs> dead uh, presidents. Yep, dead presidents. Gridlocked. Um, yeah, whole whole score of uh, of hood films. This film still still impactful uh, to this day. Um, and man, that the scene where Ricky dies. Uh, well, still, still gut wrenching, man. Still one of the most gut wrenching death scenes I've seen, man. Um, he, he was just going to get some cornmeal. He's going to get some cornmeal. He had a football scholarship. He was about to make it out the hood. But damn, man. You know what's crazy? What's the it? actor who sh- who sh- played the guy who shot him. Yeah. Was actually killed. Oh damn. That sucks. Um, Live by the sword, die by the sword. Well, was, I mean, obviously it's a movie, but what was mm. his name? I remember like reading about that. I was like, damn. Man. Yeah. Also, it was um one of the early uh, Boys in the Hood was also one of the early appearances of Regina King and Nia Long. And uh, also Lawrence Fishburne, one of his uh, early '90s roles as well. Yeah, still still holds up to this day. Um. Yeah, so right now uh, you're looking up the actor. Yeah, his name was uh, Dedrick, Dedrick Gobert. Gobert, okay. Wow. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, so, yeah, that's th- so yeah, 30, 30-year anniversary of Boys in the Hood. Um, do you feel old yet? <laughs> um, also, uh, fast-forwarding to July 7th, 1998, which saw the release of Noriega's album, N.O.R.E., Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that beat still knocks. Yeah, it does. It, it really does. Oh uh, yeah, this uh, it featured the uh, NORE the album. It features such singles as NORE, uh, Band from TV, uh, with not with uh, Nature, Big Pun. Um, oh my gosh, who else was on that track? The one who was in the wheelchair actually was killed too. Ah, oh, gotcha. Oh man. Yeah. Um, also, Super Thug. Um, that's also. 
the one of the uh, main main singles of that album. Uh, Nore was also certified platinum. Um, Noriega um, hit one one half of the uh, '90s rap duo Capone and Noriega (CNN). Um, you know, I mean, with Super Thug, I mean Noriega, he was he had some interesting lyrics. I mean, with Super Thug, it's like, "Ayo, we we Ayo, we light a candle, run laps around the English Channel." Neptune's got a cocker spaniel. <laughs> you figure it out. I don't know what it means. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, and speaking of hip hop, we are also fast forwarding one year, uh, 22 years ago, to July 13th, 1999, which saw the release of. You just got all of it. Oh, yeah. Full clip, Gangstar. <laughs> a decade of Gangstar. This was uh, uh, the compilation album uh, featuring a. Uh, 35 of Gangstar's hits up until that point. Uh, DJ, The team of DJ Premier, one of the greatest producers of all time, as well as the late great MC Guru, Gifted Unlimited Rhymes Universal, RIP. Um, this album uh, it also features such uh, such tracks as uh, Full Clip, um, Discipline, with featuring Total, and All for the Cash. Uh, this this album, this double, this double album was certified gold as well, sold over 500,000 copies. Um, Gangstar, you know, one of the greatest uh, rap duos in history, man. Yeah, it sucks the way they ended, though. Like, yeah. Like each other. Now, I just actually looked up that the Trigger Man. There's a couple people that died from this movie. Like, Jesus, in pretty messed up ways. Oh, man. But actually, so the Trigger Man who um, killed Ricky in the movie, his name was actually Lloyd Avery II. Mm-hmm. And in 2001, soon after wrapping up a movie called Shot, Avery was arrested and charged with a double homicide for which he was sentenced to life imprisonment. He died in September 4th, 2005 in Crescent City, California after being beaten and strangled to death by his Pelican-based state prison cellmate, Kevin Roby. Oh, shit. That's an awful way to die. Goddamn. He ended up killing somebody, too. Damn, yo. Hey, like I said, Boys in the Hood, they used some people, they, they shot on location, you know, and that's where Singleton grew up, and, you know, some people lived that life. Yeah. Man. Yeah, Dedrick Gobert, he was, the, yeah, he was the one in the wheelchair. Oh, I see. Who always had the pacifier in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, he, he ended up getting killed, too. Damn. That sucks. Yeah, man, life's harsh, dude. Yeah, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Guru, um... Never R.I.P. Never be forgotten. Like I, like I said, shame shame how they ended. Um, they didn't like each other at the end. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, which was which was sad. But you know, we'll always have the music. The music will always live on forever. Um, also, we got two more. Uh, two more retrospectives here. You just got every. You got them all, don't you? <laughs> kinda, kinda. Um, we also go back uh, 21 years ago uh, to July 14th, 2000, which saw the release of X Men. 20th Century Fox. We did, we did. Oh my God. Um, we watched that before we was going to review it and did, on the 20th anniversary. I was just yeah. like, Yeah, this ain't aged too well. I mean, <laughs> in I, some respects, the CGI yeah. at least. Yeah, in, in some respects, it, 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 it didn't 
it, I mean, it didn't age well, but I will say with X-Men, this was the film that, that officially launched the comic book renaissance. I mean, Blade... Marvel-wise. Marvel-wise. I mean, Blade proved that, you know, you can make a Marvel property work on film, but X-Men was a true test because you're taking a franchise, yeah. a key franchise, and then this film actually proved that, oh yeah, you can make a good adaptation of a Marvel property that it doesn't have to be like, you know, one of the B-level characters. So X-Men, once, once this became a box office hit, it opened the doors for the for the larger uh, comic book genre like Spider-Man, same Raimi Spider-Man films, subsequent X-Men sequels, um, you know, DC put uh, through their lot in with Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan's trilogy and and much more. Um yeah, uh this film, I mean, this film it's uh let me see. It it, it was it was a box office success, so it grossed over 296.3 million dollars worldwide against a budget of 75 million dollars. So it made back its money and then some. Um this film was also the Hollywood debut of Hugh Jackman. Um yeah, he he acted in a few movies before, but this was his Hollywood debut. No, really? Yeah, I could have sworn Swordfish was before that. Swordfish was it? It came out in the same year as X Men two thousand. Right. Yeah, so and Swordfish was a really good movie. It was. It was solid. Um, but yeah, uh, this film, Hugh Jackman, he went out. He would he would go on to play uh, the character Wolverine, Logan, up until 2017's film, which was his final appearance in the character, along with P- uh, Patrick Stewart, who was Professor Xavier. Um, let me see. Yeah, yeah. This this was the film that that launched the comic book renaissance in a major way. So you got to give it. You got to give it up to this film. Um, yeah, X Men. And want to get that box set for a while. Yeah. I mean, you mean, I mean, then again, like you'd have to own like the bad ones, like Origins. Yeah, John, Origins is still a bad movie. X Men Origins Wolverine. That movie still sucks. It doesn't hold up. I don't know what I don't know what you see in that movie, but whatever. He's a um, DC fan. What the hell? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Logan is a much better film. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, last but not least, uh, July eleventh, two thousand eight, which saw the release of Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy Two, The Golden Army. Oh, this is the Ron Perlman one. Yep, the Ron Perlman one. Um, this was a film that did end on a cliffhanger. We never got that Hellboy 3 sequel that people expected. But at the same time, I'm glad that we got two, help, two good Hellboy films from Guillermo del Toro, who's such a visual genius, and he's such a master when it comes to you know uh, fantasy and sci-fi fantasy. It's it's a fun film. If you, if you enjoyed the first Hellboy, you'll definitely enjoy this one. Um, I've heard nothing but negative things, unfortunately, about the new Hellboy film with David Harbour, which is unfortunate. But I still want to see it just for, out of curiosity's sake. Um, this film, Hellboy 2, A Golden Army, it grossed over $168 million against a budget between 62 and um, between 80, 82 and $85 million. So it was a very profitable movie uh, when it came out. Um, this film came out about a week before the, the Dark Knight. So it did make its money back. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, even though, like I said, it ended on it ended on a cliffhanger, but I'm glad that we got what we got. And that was this week's uh, Codex Retrospective. Yeah. Just go ahead and add degrees, man. Just add degrees. <laughs> oh yeah, you know we'll have we'll have more of these uh, in the you know as as we go along. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much our episode for this week. Once again, we are back in the stu- in the in the studios. Yes. Uh, yeah. 
It's great to be back, isn't it? It's just, I, yeah, I, I gotta get adjusted to it. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, the last time we were here was uh, um, in March of 2020, you know, when the initial lockdowns from COVID-19 hit, we had to do it on Zoom. And, uh, you know, 49 episodes straight of that, you know, things became safe. We're both fully vaccinated. I got my card prominently prominently displayed on my desk. Mine's in the car. Um, So, you know, as as a monument. Um, so yeah, we're here. We're going to be, we're going to be doing the podcast in person. We're still going to have out of state guests, so we're going to have them on zoom. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Carl, any other, uh, thoughts you got for us? Just make sure, you know, follow us on social media. Um, that obviously, you know, on Facebook, uh, thank you for watching. Yep. Um, Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast, Twitter Codex Prime Cast. You can follow, listen to us on iTunes. Please leave us a five star review. SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, everywhere else where you get your your preferred yeah. podcasting platform. Mm-hmm. We are on there. Absolutely, yeah. You can check us check all of our episodes out. Um, we're also on uh, you know um, we're on Facebook uh, Live. You know, Tuesday evenings, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so check us out. We're all live. Uh, feel free to uh, throw some uh, comments in the chat as we go. We're going to have some cool guests in the f- next few weeks. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, Make sure you get some merch from Crafty Canto Cuts. Yes. Uh, buy a T-shirt. Some cool Codex Prime merch. We, we would love it. Uh, also, um, you, you mentioned the social media. Where we're at Twitter, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, also uh, send us an email at yep. codexprimepodcast at gmail.com. You know, it's been a while since we've had emails, you know. We need to – I'm always clearing out the spam messages we get. So it's been a while. But definitely send us a, another email. We would love to read your email on the air. And also we have select content on YouTube as well. Yes, yes, indeed. So, yeah, uh, that was our – that was it. That was our, our review of Black Widow and some other stuff. Uh, so, yeah, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you to everybody in the comments here. Uh, as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.